I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I had a few clarifying moments today in which the differences between the Louie Louie generation, the pimple people, and the dreary drones were made absolutely clear. For those of us who are proud members of the Louie Louie generation, the pimple people are easy enough to spot. As I told you in my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, which is available at Amazon, and I know that's a shameless plug, but the heck with it. Anyway, as I told you in the book, the pimple people walk around with nails stuck in their tongues, texting instead of sexing, and wearing their jeans so low that when they walk away, they can leave us looking at a dirty crack. And although age is not really the defining factor for pimple peoplehood, most of them are young, so, you know, you can kind of excuse them for not having a clue. But I think the dreary drones are even worse. So, as I'm sitting here in my big, manly, comfortable black leather papa chair in my living room, let me tell you about a fascinating trip that we just took to our favorite diner. A couple of things happened that, that we, we really need to discuss. One of them involves a waitress's thumb in the mashed potatoes, and the other involves running headlong into a dreary drone crone. Told you about those in the book, too. Thumbs first. I was watching as one of our favorite waitresses, her name is Erica. She was bringing some dishes out to the table next to us. And I noticed that she had quickly and quietly slipped just the tip of her thumb into the mashed potatoes before she put the dish down. So when she came over to our table, I, I very quietly said, Hey, Erica, you know, did you do that on purpose? She said, What are you talking about? I said, Well, I saw you when you, when you slipped your thumb into their mashed potatoes. She blushed a little bit, and, and she very quietly admitted that she did that on purpose to people who always gave her a hard time. And she said, The people at the table always give me a hard time. And I have to do that. I have to slip my thumb into the mashed potatoes because if I didn't do that, I'd get so mad, I would just bring the dish over and say, Hey, you, catch! We like Erica. She is a real Louie Louie lady. But this got me starting to think, which can be dangerous. You know how some restaurants have smoking and non-smoking sections? I always thought that was kind of silly because it's like having a swimming pool with a peeing and a non-peeing section. But you know what I'm talking about. They have those smoking and non-smoking sections. I always get a kick out of how they ask if you want smoking or non. Because the word non usually comes out sounding like none. Smoking or none. So I always tell him, I've never seen a nun smoking, not even Sister Mary Knucklebuster. But I think the restaurant guys are missing a profit thing here. Because suppose you had a thumb and a non-thumb section. I think some people would pay extra to skip the thumb dining experience, don't you? On the other hand, taking a tip from Hooters 
Suppose you hired some very pretty waitresses, and you encouraged them to slip their thumbs or whatever they felt like into the food, huh? Don't you think some guys might pay a little more for that? Richard. And you know the signs in the restaurant bathrooms when they say, employees must wash hands before going back to work and carrying the soup. Well, suppose you had a guaranteed hands-washed section and a non-guaranteed hands-washed section. (laughs) And you could have a sensible section with regular waiters and a non-sensible section, and the waiters there could be clowns. The possibilities are endless. Dick's Details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Maury eels have such large mouths that they can't close them. Seems to me that we may have some Maury eels in Congress. What do you call a snake that becomes a Canadian law officer? I'll tell you in a minute. What do you call a snake that becomes a Canadian law officer? An osprey, on the other hand, is a bird that catches a fish in nine out of every ten tries. I think he's that successful because he's a bird. He's not a guy, so he doesn't take time out to drink a beer every time he catches a fish. The smart guys in the white lab coats tell us that kids need twice as much oxygen as people over 80, which makes sense. Because kids spend twice as much time yelling and screaming as people over 80. Oh yeah, and a snake that becomes a Canadian law officer? That snake is called a Mountie Python. (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm not. Dicks to tails, they take your mind off your mind. little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or my spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.com or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, available at Amazon.com, shameless plug. If you like them, would you please tell a couple of friends, because they might like them too. And of course, you would be doing me a favor. So, thank you very much. Well, the other thing I wanted to tell you about the trip to the diner was that we ran headlong into an excellent example of the kind of person that I call in my book a dreary drone. Actually, I guess you could call her a dreary drone crone. You know, unlike most of the pimple people, the dreary drones have mostly been around for a while, you know, but they just keep going around and around and around and around. They slouch through life drenched in television and slogging through soggy relationships and, you know, really sadly settling for dimmed-down dreams. And I keep using the word mostly because, you know, there are a lot of exceptions because everybody's different, you know, just like everybody else. But tonight at the diner, we ran into this totally unexceptional, dreary drone crone, and she was talking about a friend of hers who was getting married. She was mostly talking to my lady wonder wench, Because, as I said, we know her, and uh, she has come to totally ignore me, which is fine with me, although in most cases I hate ignorance. With this lady, it's fine. Anyway, she said uh, that she has a friend who's getting married. And my lady wonder when she said, that's great. Are you getting her something sexy to wear on her honeymoon? And this 
dreary drone crone looked at us as if we were a couple of creatures who had just crawled out from under the olives at the salad bar. She drew herself up to her full height, and she said, What are you talking about? My friend is 55 years old. She certainly doesn't need anything sexy to wear. She's 55 years old, and she's packing it in? And this dreary drone crone thinks that makes sense? Huh? At 55, she's just getting warmed up. <laughs> A hands-off honeymoon makes sense? You know, guys, do something, guys. You know, if you don't go to Niagara Falls, at least go for a slow ride through a car wash or something, you know? I guess the dreary drones just don't pay any attention to what Big Louie, the chief mustard cutter of the Louie Louie generation, always says. He says, listen, if you still have some moving parts left, for crying out loud, move them. Of course, besides the silly things, sometimes some pretty heavy-duty conversations happen in restaurants while people are having dinner together. You never expected this to happen. You're beginning to feel warm and weak just thinking about dinner with an old friend on Sunday. You've never been lovers. You came within moments and less than inches of it. The first time was during the summer that you both graduated from school. It was after an outdoor concert in the park. The night was warm and summer magic and private and dark. And you let him half undress you. You were both sweating and you let him hold you against his bare chest. He kissed your breasts. You'd never let anybody do that before. Then you just got scared. You suddenly went cold. And you said no and pushed him away. He was so frustrated he punched the grass and sprained his wrist. You couldn't help but laugh a little, but you were scared too. Later it seemed like the right decision. By Christmas you were both involved with other people. And about a year later you both got married. As the years went by... You never forgot that kiss. You remembered the feeling of his lips on your breasts, the scent of his hair and the summer grass and the sweat and how young and intense his eyes were looking up into yours. It was a scene that filled your fantasies as your marriage started going downhill. During those years, you ran into each other several times and had lunch twice. Second time. The week after your divorce, in one wild, unguarded moment, you let him know that you wished that you hadn't said no all those years ago, and that if he asked again, the answer certainly would be yes. You blushed when he didn't ask. But then a week later, he showed up at your office, and he did. But the fantasy moment had passed, and you remembered that he was a married man. Yesterday he called and told you that his marriage was also on the rocks and his wife had filed for divorce. His voice was husky and hurt, 
but somehow he sounded relieved on the telephone and hopeful when he asked you to have dinner on Sunday night. There'll be only one question this time. When you make love, will it be the beginning of a new love or the end of a fantasy? some people have to keep some warmth going in an otherwise cold and dreary life. But they can also burn some important bridges that couples need to stay close to each other. I've always wondered about the couple in this story. I mean, what effect did that fantasy fire that they shared for so long, I mean, ever since they were kids, what effect did that fantasy fire have on their lives? I mean, did it just keep them warm? Or did it burn down the bridges that their marriage partners needed to cross to stay close to each other? That story is called A Dinner Date. It's from the Night Connections 2 personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast, or if you want a fresh copy, go on back to DickSummer.com and check out the Night Connections 2 icon on the homepage. You know, I think the possibilities for special seating in restaurants are just endless. I mean, you could have a tipping and a non-tipping section. Think about it. Of course, only people who are really good at catching dishes would be allowed to sit in the non-tipping section if Erica was working at the time. And you could have a dreary drone crone section, but for a few more bucks, guys could sit in the Victoria's Secret section. Richard! And then there's always the, the smoking or none. I mean, what, what would the Vatican say about that one? Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.